to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so delighted that you are here. So if you don't already follow me over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, I post daily training content. I do live videos. I do IGTV. So if you would like some more training content, you can follow me over there. So this recording is from a live video that I did over on the Instagram where I talk about why I don't use e-callers and why I don't think you should either. So I hope you enjoy this. And guys, I'm really excited. I have a new project in the works. It's going to be all about Pitbull stories. So stay tuned for that. And if you haven't already joined the Facebook group, Disorderly Dogs, the conversation continues, please go ahead and join. We have lots of really awesome conversations over there, and I would be happy to answer training questions and give um, some pieces of training advice there too. So enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, I wanted to just tell you what I can offer you in virtual training sessions. While it seems kind of funny to do dog training virtually, it's actually really, really productive. And I can help you with a wide range of behaviors from potty training your new puppy to training your reactive dog to integrating dogs into a household. So if you need training help, please reach out. I would love to connect with you in virtual training. Okay, back. Sorry about that, guys. Just want to make sure I record this so that I can share it later if I need to. Hi, everyone. I hope that you guys are having a good day. It is a beautiful day in Colorado. We got like a really good rainstorm last night. And now it's sunny today. So it like smells really good and all the plants are really happy. It's pretty amazing. Hi. Okay, so I'm going to give it maybe just like one or two more minutes um, before I get started. I'm so glad you guys could make it. These live videos are really fun. And it's fun to be able to, you know, repurpose them for a podcast episode too. Yes. Okay, so um, if you if you didn't see it, I already posted it. Um, my objective with this live is to talk about... Um, e-callers and how uh, you can accomplish amazing training feats without them. Yeah? You with me? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get started and then everyone else who is joining can just get caught up. Okay, so let's talk about e-callers. So first and foremost, I want to I wanna define what I'm talking about here because I had some questions about um, if I was talking about um, like cones, like dogs wear. And those are also referred to as e-collars, like Elizabethan collars. That is not what I'm talking about. Um, I am specifically talking about electronic collars, also known as shock collars. Um, so, you know, they put them on the dog's neck and you have a remote and they send stimulus to the dog, right? So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about e-collars. So I, I just wanted to be clear on that, right? I'm not talking about like the, the cone of shame. I'm talking about e-collars that are used um, in the name of training. So um, for those of you who follow me or if you're new here, I just want you to know, I just wanted to preface this, that um, my dogs wear GPS tracking collars that do look like shock collars, but they are not. 
right? So I do not condone or promote the use of e-collars. I don't think that you need to use them. But if you go and like look through my page and you're like, wait a minute, are the dogs wearing an e-collar? They aren't. They're GPS tracking devices and there's no shock fun- function whatsoever. So I just wanted to be clear on that. Okay, so everybody's clear. We're talking about e-collars. Boop. You hold a remote. And it sends a shock to the dog. Okay, so I want to talk about first and foremost why I don't use them. So one, I can get every behavior I need with my dogs without using one, right? So there's no need to use one. Um, But I know that there are a lot of arguments and debates about why you should use one. So I want to, I don't want to villainize why people use them per se. But what I want to do is I want to show you how you can accomplish the outcome you want with using positive reinforcement instead of having to use an e-collar, right? So that's really my focus here. But I want to touch on something that's just, for me, for me, this is this is so much bigger than just e-collars, right? Like it's it's really like a moral, moral ethical debate for me. And I want to just share my perspective on that. So I think that as a culture, um, we're really predisposed to feeling like we have to punish, judge, shame, not only ourselves, but other people. And that absolutely translates into what we do with dogs. And I really want to share with you how I am doing my best to let go of like how I treat myself that way and not wanting to treat other people that way and ultimately obviously not wanting to treat my dogs in that way so I think that um fear really becomes like the biggest motivator for a lot of owners and using e-collars right because they think you know fear of okay the dog is going to do x y or z if I don't use the shot collar so that's an excuse to use it And I really want to focus on moving away from those fears. Um, I don't want you to to feel like you have to punish, use e-collars with your dogs because you're afraid of something. Because that's not a productive place, you guys. Like, that's not going to yield the results that you want, not only in dog training, but other aspects of your life here, right? So I really want you focusing on what you do want, right? Empowering our dogs instead of operating from this place of fear. So obviously I want to talk about dog training, right? Ask me about dog training. But I also I also want to really help you understand that it's it's so much more than dog training, right? Like it's it's how we're navigating the world. It's how we're experiencing our lives and our dogs are obviously just a part of that equation. So um, I do not use e-collars. I don't have to because I can get everything I want out of my dogs. But there is also so much data Right, my friend uh, Renee over at Bravo uh, Dog Training, she posted recently about you know there being about forty years of data that, that helps us understand why using aversion, which is what an e-collar does, right? It, it causes conflict in the dog. Um, it uses the stimulus of something negative to decrease the likelihood of behavior. We know the fallout from those behaviors, you guys, and. You don't have to. You don't have to, right? So I want to help you understand um, how you can utilize what we know about positive reinforcement training to get the desired outcome with your dogs instead of feeling like you have to resort to e-collars. Yeah, you guys with me? Someone give me a heart if you're with me. Yes, okay, so... um, 
Super huge thanks to everyone who responded to my story because this makes it so much easier, right? You give me specific examples and I can just walk you right through them. So um, first and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about how normal behavior gets perceived as unwanted, bad behavior. And then we start being like, okay, well, we got to punish that. We got to get rid of that behavior. So um, barking is definitely one that comes to mind, right? I think that barking um, at things, barking excessively, fence fighting, um, nuisance barking, um, all of those get used as excuses to punish and use e-collars, right? So um, when we're talking about barking, right, first and foremost, dogs bark. (laughs) They just do, okay? Like dogs just bark. And that's just part of the equation. Like we can't punish natural behaviors out of dogs. Like that's really fucked up. We can't do that. I mean, you can. I don't think that you should. I'm absolutely not advocating for that. But um, I think that when we're looking at barking, instead of jumping to punishment, right? Because I feel like that's a lot of the mindset with the e-collars, right? The dog is doing the unwanted thing. What can we do to punish it to get rid of it? And I am choosing to take something, a, a completely different thought process there, right? I'm looking at, okay, so I have the the service behavior of unwanted barking. I'm really going to take the, what can I do to reinforce an alternate behavior? What can I do to look at the dog's lifestyle to meet their needs in a different way so that barking doesn't present itself like it is? So to give you an example, and if you guys missed it, I did do a fence fighting live that I actually made into a podcast episode. So As far as fence fighting specifically is concerned, I have a whole podcast episode. I tell you exactly what to do to diminish fence fighting. So you can listen to that. But um, back to barking. So Waylon will do some quote unquote nuisance barking, right? And he will bark at passersby. He'll bark at the neighbors. And while it's kind of unenjoyable, those behaviors are typically presenting themselves on days when Waylon's needs haven't been completely met, right? So maybe Waylon didn't get an opportunity to be off leash. Maybe he didn't get a walk. And in those moments, I really have to reflect and realize that I am not meeting Waylon's needs. So reaching for the e-collar is really, really unethical, right? Like doing that would... Punishing the surface behavior, knowing that the dog's needs aren't being met, like that is not how I think we should be treating or interacting with our dogs. I really don't. Um, and, And I know that sometimes it gets stressful, sometimes it gets overwhelming, but ultimately we are responsible for our dogs. We are responsible for their well-being. We are responsible for their behavior. And it's up to us to look deeper, right? Like how could we satiate our dogs better to prevent some of these unwanted behaviors from barking? So if you have a dog who does some quote unquote nuisance barking, I want you to really truthfully look at your dog's schedule and routine. What can you do in their schedule and routine to meet their needs in a better way to prevent some of the nuisance barking from occurring? And I also want you to really recognize that like, Dogs are going to bark. Waylon has territorial feelings. People walk by. He wants to bark at them. That is normal. But when it's getting, quote unquote, out of hand, right? Like maybe it's interrupting a conference call that I'm on. Maybe it's interrupting something else I'm trying to do. um, That is not Waylon's fault. 
that's that's my fault for not setting up things so that he could be successful. So when it comes to barking, I want you to get creative about maybe you do more enrichment in your dog's daily life. Maybe you do marrow bones. Maybe you do stuffed Kongs. Maybe you do snuffle mats. Maybe you increase the decompression walks. If you guys aren't familiar with decompression walks, there are some amazing trainers who who preach talk about this. I'm one of them, but Sarah Stremming comes to mind. She has a podcast called Cog Dog Radio. I highly suggest you listen to that. I know a lot of you already follow Jenny at Dog Minded. She's amazing. She's an amazing resource for that. So that would be something that I would be looking to increase in my dog's daily life to decrease the the barking. Okay, and then I'm also going to look at what is an alternate behavior. So if Waylon is getting really, really barky, I just call him. He has a great response to his name. He comes over. I reinforce it. So it doesn't have to be about punishing the barking. It's looking at how can we enrich our dog's life so it doesn't get to the barking. And if the barking is still occurring, what are some alternate behaviors we could be reinforcing? So um, recalls, right? Call the dog. Reinforce with food. That can stop the barking. If that doesn't stop the barking, um, you've heard me preach on stationing on a bed. I have a video. You can see that in my IGTV. I show you exactly how to do that. I walk you step by step with what you need to do so you can use that as an alternate behavior to barking. Okay, so I do not believe that it is ethical to shock a dog for barking if we are not meeting their needs. Okay, and I want you to dig deep. Even if you feel like you're meeting their needs and they're still doing a lot of barking, I don't know. Are you really meeting their needs, right? And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to empower you to know that you have all these tools. You have all these other routes and avenues and thought processes you can go down to get the desired outcome. It doesn't have to be about punishing the surface behavior, okay? You guys with me on that? So I want to talk about some other examples that came up when I asked this question over on my stories. Okay, so prey drive is definitely something that came up, right? So chasing cats, chasing deer, and um, I know that the e-collar, you know, gets praises for, you know, it's the only way that you can stop a dog with prey drive. So first and foremost, dogs who are genetically predisposed to prey drive, dogs who chase things... That is something, that's just part of the freaking package, my friends. If you get a dog, it's very likely that they're going to want to chase things. That is a normal dog behavior. Okay, so, you know, I think that we just need to swallow that to a certain degree. And I got to be honest, Waylon has taught me a lot about that. If you guys are new around here, um, we haven't been doing a lot of hiking recently, obviously because of COVID, but um, we do a lot of hiking and encountering wildlife is inevitable. We do a lot of that. And Waylon has taught me a lot about how I can work on recall reliability to prevent some animal chasing. But Waylon chasing things on hikes is a normal, natural behavior. And that's not, I'm not interested in punishing that behavior out of him, quote unquote. And honestly, you're not going to punish it out. You're just going to suppress it. It's always going to be there. You're just going to suppress it and you're going to create fear and conflict. So that is why I'm not using an e-collar, right? I'm really just focusing and embracing the principles of positive reinforcement. So when it comes to prey drive, First and foremost, it is normal. Second, let's look at the alternate behaviors we can train to the chasing. Okay, so a recall. 
a recall, my friends. I have a whole course on it, Trustworthy Recalls. I give you literally step-by-step instructions for 30 days of training a reliable recall, and I teach you how to improve that and implement that in your everyday life, right? That is available. You can do that. It is possible. Um, My friend Dawn at Running Dogs had, um, in a previous podcast episode, um, we talk about giving your dog a raise and, and Dawn brought up whistle recalls. And, you know, um, I know that there are so many trainers who do whistle recalls. So obviously I, I can't name everybody right now, but a whistle recall is an amazing alternate behavior to chasing wildlife. Okay, so um, that is something that takes time to build up. It takes time to get reliability, but that is absolutely what you can be doing in place of using an e-collar. And I gotta be honest with you guys, I have seen plenty of dogs with e-collars on chase wildlife and completely ignore the high voltage that is going into their neck. So please don't believe that that is the only way because that is not the truth. E-collars are not the seatbelt safety net that they are made out to be, right? Like. Dogs with natural instincts to chase animals, like you can still shock the shit out of them and they're not going to stop. So instead of doing that, I think you can teach them how freaking reinforcing it can be to respond to a recall cue, right? And I think we need to brace ourselves and remind ourselves that like it is okay for our, our dogs to chase wildlife sometimes. It just is what it is, right? Animals they're animals. Our dogs are animals. They chase other animals. It just is what it is, right? So I think that this fictitious, you put an e-collar on and the dog will never chase anything again, that's bullshit. Please don't buy into those lies because that is not the truth. You know it is the truth? That if you spend the time training a recall, you can use it when you need it. Yeah? Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, so um, another alternate behavior to some of the prey drive situations, right, would be to teach another alternate behavior, right? So I love the engage, disengage game for this, right? So um, Waylon, uh, you know, likes to chase bunnies. Thank you for those hearts. Thank you for that feedback, my friends. So um, Waylon likes to chase bunnies, and I have a pretty strong leave it cue. And what leave it means is stop what you were doing and look at me, right? So disengage from the bunny. This is a highly reinforced behavior that works beautifully when I need it to. And guys, I got to be honest. I let Waylon chase bunnies. Waylon enjoys chasing bunnies. That is a normal, natural dog behavior. But I also have the quote unquote off switch of if I need him to recall or I need him to leave it, he will. Okay, so I think that it can be this beautiful balance where we don't have to punish the shit out of behaviors, right? We can allow normal, natural behaviors and also train alternate behaviors when we need them. Okay, so I know that there were a lot of questions regarding prey drive and obviously I don't have, I don't want to spend too much of your time. So I just want to kind of, you know, fly through some of these, but I do want to mention and point out that this is an amazing time to be a dog owner because you can connect with thousands of positive reinforcement trainers all over the world virtually. So if you need specific help and guidance on how you can get a desired outcome without an e-collar, please reach out to whatever trainer you like. It can be me. It can be seriously thousands of other trainers. So if you need help, please reach out y'all. Like virtual training is so amazing and productive and we can literally create a specific training plan to get your desired outcome with no need for an e-collar. Okay. 
You with me? All right. So um, I know that I want to just touch on recalls because I got several questions about this too, right? Like the distance recall. Um, dogs hearing is impeccable. If they're at a distance and you call them, they will hear you and come. You don't have, you don't have to use an e-collar, right? Like I, I don't super understand that. And like I was saying, right, like to, to kind of circle back to the whistle, if your dog is at a far distance, use a whistle. Your dog will hear it. They will recall if you've made it reinforcing enough. Waylon likes to wander really far when we are out. Like I'm talking like 70 to 100 yards. He likes to wander like that sometimes, but he gets to because if I blow that whistle, I know he will come no matter what. Right. So I have that safety net. It's built in. So um, there's no need for an e-caller and distance recalls when you can just use your voice and reinforce with food. Right. So um, reactive dogs are one of those things where e-callers are like, you know, oh, you can use an e-caller and change behavior. So um, again, the e-caller is working to punish surface behavior, and I have no interest in that. You guys, I have an entire course on reactive dogs, how you can train it exclusively using positive reinforcement, yield amazing results, and there's no electricity required. So if you have a reactive dog, please look at Reactive Redefined. This course was designed exactly for you, and myself and thousands of other trainers can help you train your reactive dog without an e-caller. Okay, and I, I want to be clear that using an e-collar is punishing surface behavior. It is not actually changing emotional responses, right? And in fact, it's probably intensifying negative emotional responses. So I want you to picture it like this, right? If you are out and you are afraid of something and then you get severely punished for being afraid, that's only going to intensify the conflict and emotional roller coaster that you are on. But if I was out and I was afraid and someone gave me really beautiful reassurance, that would slowly over time start to alleviate my fear and change my response to something. And that is absolutely the objective with reactive dogs. Okay, so I also want to touch on aggression because I know that this is you know, like, okay, positive reinforcement works, but not for aggressive dogs. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. I work exclusively with aggressive dogs. You guys, I work with court-ordered training. I worked with dogs who have killed other dogs. I have worked with dogs who have bit people. And using an e-collar is only going to intensify that aggression at some point. But using positive reinforcement, careful management, training, planning, that is leading to less aggressive behavior. And, you know, I want to just touch on something really quickly on this point because I think that it needs to be said. Uh, dogs are not quote-unquote aggressive. Dogs act aggressively in certain contexts. Yes? You with me on that? <laughs> so um, it's important that we're not using e-collars to justify training quote-unquote aggressive dogs because that's total bullshit and we are doing a disservice to these dogs who desperately need us to utilize training techniques that don't cause pain or fear. Okay? Yeah? All right, so um, I want to touch on something else. So I know that there is a lot of controversy in like the dog sport world, right? So um, obedience, bite work. Um, I know that there's a lot of other dog sports that I'm not going to do justice to here, but um, I I do agility. I would never use an e-collar in agility. And I know thousands of people will tell you that you shouldn't, you don't need it. You can get amazing results without it. But I know that there's some other sports that are quote unquote more intense, where I think that there's a lot of justice 
justification and usage of that. Um, I would encourage you to seek out and follow some other trainers who are more skilled in some of these things. So um, Nando Brown and Joe uh, Rosie come to mind, right? They're amazing. They train all kinds of bite sports and stuff like that. And they don't use e-collars because they don't need them. They get amazing results without them. Um, Shade Weitzel is another person who comes to mind. She has kicked ass in a lot of um, dog sports rings and she doesn't use e-collars because you don't need them. So um, that's not something I'm super well versed in, but I did want to touch on it and help you connect with some other trainers who can help you understand that a little bit better. Okay, so um, I I am not the the first or the last voice to speak about this. So I want you to understand that I am part of a gigantic collective, right? Like, and our sole mission here is to help you understand that you can train anything you need in your dog without an e-collar. You don't need it. You really don't. And you don't need a pinch collar, fear, intimidation, pack theory, anything like that for that matter. Okay, so I want to touch on something else because this is another question that I got. Um, so an alternate to uh, an e-collar and an invisible fence situation. So an invisible fence is something that's like, it's like a wire planted in the ground and then it's connected to the collar. And if the dog goes near the like, you know, planted fence, then they get a shock, right? And it's, it's touted as being, you know, a really easy alternative to fences, except for it causes pain and conflict in dogs unnecessarily. So I know that invisible fences are super common in a lot of neighborhoods. So they're really common in a lot of like foothill mountain communities where there are HOAs where there aren't fences allowed. Um, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because Erica uh, from Dusk Hill Dog and Renee from Bravo Dog Training also uh, already did a podcast episode about this, right? So um, you can check out the, I think it's the Dog Training Audio Experience. I think that that's the name of her podcast, but they did an episode about that. So you can learn all about uh, electric fences and how you can come up with other solutions to that. Okay, so um, I know that jumping fences is another one where like, you know, people are like, e-collars are the only option. That's not the truth. Okay, so I want to break this one down. Um, so we'll go into some depth here. Okay, so a dog who is hopping the fence. So first and foremost, again, I want to look at what is the dog's motivation for hopping the fence, right? I know a lot of times it's dogs hopping fences to chase wildlife. Okay, so um, that's normal. I know it's not fun. Waylon has climbed a lot of fences in his day, my friends. Like Waylon's probably climbed like, hopped, I don't know, 26 foot fences in his day. It's ridiculous. But it doesn't mean that I need to use an e-collar to shock him. It means that I need to get more creative about meeting his needs in different outlets. So first, with the jumping fences, one, I want to look at how can I make being in the yard more reinforcing. So I'm probably going to look at doing some enrichment games in the yard. So maybe I'll do some snuffle mat in the yard. Maybe I'll do chewing marrow bones in the yard. I'm also going to use management to prevent the um, jumping of the fence. So maybe the dog will be on a tie out. Maybe I'll be out there supervising. Um, maybe I will set up some sort of physical barrier to prevent it from happening. I have had several clients who um, whose dogs were hopping fences and they installed what are called coyote rollers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this and it's obviously hard to kind of describe, <laughs> but it's pretty much like PVC rolls that if they can't get traction, so that goes like on top of the fence. Yeah, I hope you guys are with me on this, but um, that is another option to, to um, managing and preventing the jumping of the fence. Okay, so um, you want to make the experience of being in the yard more enjoyable. 
And then you want to look at how you can manage the environment to prevent the behavior from happening. I also want to encourage you to build in more outlets for safely chasing animals in your dog's day-to-day life. Like I mentioned, Waylon likes to chase bunnies. We have found creative solutions and safe places for him to do that so that we are at home in the backyard. He doesn't feel the need to jump the fence to chase a bunny. Does this make sense? I hope you guys are with me. Um, again, a recall could be another way to prevent the jumping of the fence, right? So if your dog has a really strong foundation for a recall and you've made it really worth their while to show up when you call them, that's going to help you prevent the behavior from happening. If your dog is outside unattended and they are hopping fences, your dog should not be outside unattended, right? Um, I think that also working on... Um, I hate to use the word impulse control, but because for lack of a better word, I'm going to use impulse control, but teaching your dog how to turn off the prey drive when you need them to. Um, this goes to the engage, disengage that I'm, game I was talking about, right? So when I'm out walking Waylon and he sees a bunny and he tries to chase it, I stop. And as soon as he makes the choice to look away from the bunny, I reinforce the crap out of that behavior, right? Repetition, repetition, repetition. When he is on leash, if he sees a bunny and I say leave it, he will right away, right? When he is off leash and I release him, he's free to chase bunnies. So I think that we have to just create those parameters and be honest that dogs are dogs. They want to chase things. It's not fair just to shock the shit out of them and stop them from doing that. Yeah, I hope that that makes sense. So um, I would be happy to help you if you have a specific training goal that you don't know how to accomplish without an e-collar, I have a plan for you. Just reach out. I literally do. There's, I feel very confident that there's nothing that I couldn't tell you how to do it without an e-collar. Um, guys, I, I think that our dogs deserve better. We have a moral obligation to our dogs to train them in the kindest, gentlest way we possibly can. And to me, it is... It's a slippery slope, right? Because if we're, we're saying, I need the dog to do this, and I have to use the e-collar, then you're closing off the other possibilities, right? Like if you truly believe that the only way to do something is to punish, 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 you've completely closed off this beautiful world that the rest of us can exist in, right? And I want to invite you. I want to invite you to this world, right? Where it doesn't have to be this malicious cycle of the dog does something, you punish it. The dog does something, you punish it. Because that's going to translate to other aspects of your life right? You're going to be doing it to yourself. You're going to be doing it to your loved ones. You're going to be doing it to your friends. And I got to be honest, that's a cycle that I was in in a, a different time in my life. And that is not a very fun way to live. And I want to invite you. I want to invite you to be a part of this world where you get to look at every single good thing your dog did and you get to celebrate that. And I want you to know that that's going to translate. You're going to start to celebrate some of the things you do. You're going to start to celebrate the things that your friends do, your family members do. And I'm going to get emotional because it freaking matters, you guys. And that's why I'm sitting here right now telling you all of this because it is a beautiful world that you get to choose to live in. And I want you to come and I want your dog's life to improve because of it. I want your life to improve because of it. So um, 
I feel very, very passionately about this project. I really think that my sole purpose in this whole world, this whole life is to help you, beautiful people watching right now, understand that our dogs are not out to get us, right? They're just dogs. And if we can step up to the plate, if we can choose to train without pain, there's this beautiful, beautiful world we want, we get to live in. And I'm living proof of that. And it's so magical. And I want you to come and join me. All right, so um, that is all I had. If you have specific questions, you can, oh my God, I missed all these these comments. I'm so sorry, you guys. I was just like, I was in my, my own mindset and world. Let's see here. Uh, so if you have any specific questions, please feel free to stick those in the comments. Oh, snake avoidance. Yeah, so um, Renee brought up snake avoidance. That's another one. So um, a local trainer, her name is Amy Craven. She does a whole rattlesnake avoidance um, course with just positive reinforcement. It's amazing. Check it out. It's so cool. Okay. Uh, okay. So there is a question about um, dogs with prey drives towards small animals and differentiating between small dogs that they live with. So that's a pretty complex topic that obviously I, I can't give. I mean, I could, but it would take me a long time to give you like a whole insight, but it is possible, right? We can teach them alternate behaviors to um, the prey drive when small dogs around and we can, we can reinforce calm behavior. We can reinforce disengaging. So that's absolutely possible, right? And I know that that's a concern too with between like dogs and cats who live in a household together, um, dog who's maybe chasing the cat. Um, there are so many solutions to that, right? So um, if you need specific help with that, please find a trainer I would be happy to help you but um there are amazing trainers who would be happy to help you too let's see here okay so um a question came up about what if the dog um quote unquote doesn't hear you um if the dog is ignoring a recall cue the reinforcement history for the recall cue is not strong enough right? That is a, you need to go back to the drawing board of training to make it re more reinforcing, right? And um, I think that this is a super common thing too, right? Where, um, you know, people think like, okay, well, if they have an e-caller, they're always going to respond. And like I mentioned earlier, that is not true. Y'all, I've seen so many dogs just completely ignore the shock and keep doing what they're doing. So, um, quote unquote, ignoring behavior in the positive reinforcement world, the dog is not ignoring the behavior. The behavior is not reinforcing enough to combat what you're faced against, okay? So um, that is, you need to go back to the drawing board. And like I said, in my course, Trustworthy Recalls, I literally break down explicitly how to teach a trustworthy recall from beginning to end. All right. Let's see here. Anybody else? Hi, guys. So happy you're here. Oh, okay. So someone brought up flirt polls for meeting a dog's needs with high prey drive. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for bringing that suggestion. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with the flirt pole, it's just, it's essentially a toy on a string connected to a pole and you move it around and it's super fun. That would be a brilliant way to meet your dog's needs to chase things and bite things. Love that. Thank you so much for that suggestion. Okay, so um, I know that e-collars and loose leash walking are like super synonymous with each other. Um, but again, if you're punishing the dog for pulling, the dog is not learning what you actually want. You're just punishing them for the very thing you don't want. So I, it's not about focusing on the thing you don't want. It's focusing on what you do want and spending your time and energy there. 
right? Our dogs get it. If you teach them, I want you to walk at my side and I can make it really reinforcing for you to be there, it can be so much easier, right? Okay. Thank you guys. This was amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah, so the fence topper is called a coyote roller. Bina. Hi, Bina. I miss you guys so much. Smooch Violet on the face for me. Okay. Let's see here. Anybody else? All right. All right, guys. This was so much fun. So I, I plan to keep doing lives. So if you have suggestions for some lives, send me a DM. It has been so much fun. Please enjoy the rest of this beautiful Sunday. And I am going to record this and turn this into a podcast episode. So if you need it, I'm going to record it. And then this live will be available for 24 hours. So I'll save it so that you can see it and share it if you need it. Guys, this has been so much fun. Have a good day. for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.